Funding for this class is provided by Benjamin Arieh and family in loving memory of Raphael, son of Chacham Rabbi Chia. We are on page seven. And we are the concluding blessing of the series of blessings. And make me cleave to the Yetzatoiv. The Yetzatoiv is my best friend. The Yetzatoiv is pushing me and prompting me and trying to seduce me to do good. Pushing me in the right direction. Trying to tell me you love to do good. Give tzedakah, you love it. It's great. Learn Torah. You, every, you know every time you come to the class and you learn how much you love it, how much it nourishes you and fills you up and you feel, walk away so, you feel great, why don't you just do it more, do it more often, do more mitzvot, every time you do a mitzvah you do the right thing, you feel like a million dollars even though it was hard for you to do it so just do it, so you have a Yetzir Toiv who's constantly an energy, a force within us that's constantly trying to seduce us to tempt us, tempt us to do good just like we have a Yetzir Hara who's constantly tempting us to do wrong there's a Yetzir Toiv who's tempting us to do good. We have a good person, we have a good part within us. A Yetzir Toiv Hashem gave us is constantly trying to tempt us, to seduce us, trying to, is appealing to us emotionally. The Yetzir Toiv and the Yetzir are both emotions. We're not talking about the godly soul and the animal soul, the ego soul, the natural soul. This is a part of the godly soul, a part of the animal, ego, natural soul. A part of the animal soul is the Yetzirah, the emotion, the emotional temptations, the constant Madison Avenue hype, the constant bombardment, seduction, just, you know, just indulge, eat junk food, drunk lifestyle, you know, live a life, it's all about uh, money, power, fame, lust, cravings lead a totally meaningless, empty, superficial life, material life, ignore anything in life that's meaningful and wholesome and uplifting, and which requires self-sacrifice and requires strength and courage and, and nobility and, you know, just live free and live as you please. That's the Yetzirah. We also have its counterpart, the Yetzirah. It's also the emotions constantly trying to tempt us and to seduce us and trying to paint a, a picture of look at the beauty and the warmth of Yiddishkeit and how much you love it and how, how great you feel and how rewarding it is and how worthwhile sitting at a Shabbos table, sitting with your family. What gets better than that? Every Shabbos, who sits with a family anymore? You're lucky if on Father's Day and Mother's Day you even see your kids. Every Friday you get to sit with your family, enjoy each other, delicious food, talking about Shabbos and the Yid and the Parsha and, and so this is the Yetzir Toiv trying to tempt the person, do the right thing have the wisdom to do the right thing so we should cleave with the Yetzir Toiv we should look at the Yetzir Toiv as my ally my best friend we should cleave to good deeds and and then we we go from, first we ask for a small thing, then we ask for a bigger thing. Compel our evil inclination to serve you. Because ultimately it says you should love Hashem with both your hearts, both hearts, with both hearts. Meaning, you have to love Hashem with your godly soul and with your animal soul. The purpose is even to get the Yetzirah also to love Hashem. 
So force the Yetzirah also to serve you. We don't want this to be a constant battle, a constant struggle. The goal is we should transform the Yetzirah, not just subjugate the Yetzirah, but we should transform him. That he should also follow and listen. That the Yetzirah comes to the realization that in this struggle, in this battle between the godly soul and the animal soul, in the Yetzirah and the Yetzirah, there's only one way for this struggle to be resolved. And that is for the Yetzirah to win. Because the Yetzirah could go, maybe kicking and screaming, maybe in the beginning kicking and screaming, but you could adjust yourself. The Yetzirah could live with the program of the Yetzirah. It's a good program. It's a wholesome program. It works in the real world. If the Yetzirah subjugates itself and is obedient and follows the Yetzirah, it leads to a beautiful life. Not just beautiful spiritually. Physically, it's beautiful. It's wholesome. There's shalom bias. There's peace in the house. There's love. There's respect. There's mitzvot. There's a wholesome lifestyle. There's celebrations. Life is purpose. Life is meaning. It's great. There's nothing wrong. Yes, I have to sacrifice. I can't eat not kosher. I can't do non-kosher activities. I have to lead. I have to discipline myself. I can't just follow every urge and every lust and every impulse. But you know what? It's a small sacrifice to pay. It's a small price to pay. The reward is so much greater. So the Yetzirah could be subjugated to know its place. That its place is to follow the guidance and the leadership of the Yetzirah. If only you learn, if the horse will learn to follow the one who's riding the horse, you'll go places. The horse will go places. Maybe you'll end up in the stable where you can get all the hay that you need. If you're just stubborn and just eat the, the munch on the grass that's in front of you, listen to the one who's riding you and he'll take you places, he'll take care of you, you'll, you'll be much better off than just being in the wild and acting like a horse. Allow the person to control you. If you allow the person to control you, you'll be taken care of like... like. So the Yetzirah has to learn that its place in life and its purpose in life is to be subjugated to be under the control of the Yetzirah. Listen whatever the Yetzirah tells you to do. Even though you don't want to. A horse wants to be a horse. The animal wants to be an animal. I don't want to. I would rather just be an animal. Indulge. No discipline. No sacrifice. No self-control. But just listen. And if you, your role is to listen. Now when you listen, you'll be the happiest. You, you'll, you'll see it's good. It's good for you. If you reach a higher level, you may even reach a level where you actually are excited and happy. You actually understand the advantage of godliness and the beauty of Judaism and the beauty of Torah and the beauty of the Jewish way of life and the whole way of life. But even if not, you'll still be very... It's a beautiful life. And that's why the Jewish people are still here 3,800 years later. Not just in heaven. Our lifestyle, the Jewish lifestyle, is eternal in this world. It works. It's real. Don't argue with success. Why argue with success? Something has been working for 3,800 years. Don't be a fool. Don't tamper with it. This works. Every Jew that's alive today, because their parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, kept Judaism and lived the Jewish way of life and the Jewish lifestyle for 3,800 years without any interruption. This works. Nothing else works. Those who abandoned the way of Torah and Mitzvah disappeared. 
So, break my Yetzirah Lishtabach. And the commentaries say, V'choyif also comes from the word in Hebrew, Lichfof, to, like humility, Kefifa. Because, as the Alter Rebbe explains in Tanya, the Yetzirah, it's all bluff, it's all arrogance, it's pure arrogance. It's, it's totally fake news, it's pure arrogance and bluff. Bluster, there's nothing there. How dare it opposes the truth and the reality that the godly soul is presenting. This is reality, this is the emes. There is nothing else besides this truth. All there is is Hashem, there is nothing else. So what kind of bluff and bluster? What are you selling me, a bill of goods? What are you selling me, this nonsense? Materialism per se, indulgence, lust, craving. What, what, what are you selling me? Money, power, fame, it's all nonsense. How dare you selling me something that's cheap propaganda, the cheapest propaganda, it's all lies. Obvious lies, self-evident lies. What are you selling me? The only reality is godliness, Torah, mitzvot, kindness, goodness, kindness. All it has going for it is pure arrogance. Bluster, bluff, a bubble. But you know, we get, we get intimidated. The Yitzhara comes with his arrogance. So how do you, what are you asking Hashem? Through humility. The way to pop the bubble is through humility. When you're humble, and you humble yourself, then the, the, the bubble bursts. Because there's nothing there. So bluster and arrogance. But the moment that bluster is gone, suddenly you reduce back to humanity. Suddenly you, you connect back with your humanity, down to earth, with reality, with truth. Simple truth, simple reality. And then all the nonsense just melts away as Alter Rebbe brings the proof from the Jews in the desert. They refused to enter into the promised land. So what happened? So Hashem yelled at them, okay, you're going to die in the desert. The next thing you know, they're trying to force their way to the promised land. What happened? I thought you said you can't go to the promised land. The spies came back with a terrible report. The giants, we can't do it, it's impossible. Nothing changed between then and now. Hashem didn't convince them that the spies were wrong. He didn't prove to them the spies were wrong. He just yelled at them. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, they're, 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 they're trying to force the way. Hashem told them, no, you can't go. Into, now you can't go into the promised land. And they tried to go on their own. What changed? The answer is because it was all bluff. There was no real, there was no substance to any of this. It was, it was all babamizes. But it was, but the chutzpah and the arrogance and the self-inflated importance, inflated ego. But the moment you introduce a sense of humility, Hashem yelled at them. And suddenly they, they were humbled. He popped the bubble. All that nonsense just melted away. And suddenly they were able to see clearly, of course we can go to the promised land. Of course we can conquer the land. There's nothing in the world stopping us. It's all nonsense. So we ask Hashem, humble the Yetzirah, because all, all it has going for it is pure bluff, pure bluster, pure arrogance. Please humble. And give us today, 
Today could mean the day. Ubechol yoy means the whole 24 hours. The day means from the morning till the night, now from when I woke up till the night. Ubechol and the whole day means from the night until the next morning. Give us the whole entire day, 24 hours. But also maybe every day of our lives. L'chein. L'chein is for grace. This is a gift that only Hashem can give. Some people just have grace. Like it says about Noyach. Noyach matzachein. Hashem gave him the gift of grace. You know, just people find him graceful. People just like him. It's not something that you can acquire. It's not something you can force. There's nothing you can do to get it. It's a gift that Hashem gives you. Some people just have chen. The chen, ule chesed, and for kindness, ule rachem, and for mercy, for compassion. Be'inechen, your eyes, be'inech kol re'inu. That anyone who sees us should find us, should find us for kindness, grace, kindness, and mercy. In your eyes and all the eyes that see us. In other words, as it says in Ethics of Our Fathers, a person who people find pleasing, it's a sign that Hashem finds them pleasing. So we're asking Hashem that He should find favor. We should find favor in His eyes and we should find favor in everyone's eyes and amongst people. People will find us, look at us favorably and look at us favorably because that's a sign that Hashem looks at us favorably. So we're upping the ante. We're going from one level to the other. And all of these wonderful things happen as a result of learning Torah and cleaving to his mitzvah. And that will help us make sure that we won't come to sin, we won't be tested, we won't fail in our tests, the Yetzirah won't have any control over us, and will help us avoid terrible people, bad influences, the wrong friends, this will help us connect with the Yetzirah and with good deeds. This will help us force and subdue our evil inclination that it too should be subservient and should serve Hashem. And we'll also find favor in the eyes of Hashem and in the eyes of people. And then we ask, bestow good kindness. What do you mean good kindness? Is your kindness is not good? <laughs> what do you mean good kindness? He says an abundance of kindness. My commentaries say, because you have a kindness, it's not overtly kind. Everything Hashem does with us is kind. But sometimes the kindness is, it's not kind, but it will lead to kindness. Hashem is doing it out of His kindness for us, out of His love for us, because He knows that out of this something good will come. But what's happening to us right now is not kind. It will lead to something kind. We're asking Hashem, we're praying for chasadim toivim, kindness that's overtly kind. That we, the human measuring stick, the human yardstick, to us appears as kindness. That we can, it's tangibly kind, so it's obviously kind. That not only the end result should be kind, but the means how we get there should also be in a kind way. Whatever Hashem has in store for us, everything along the way, everything should be with kindness. Chasadim toivim. And then we conclude, Baruch Atah Hashem, blessed are you, Hashem, HaGoymel, L'chasadim Tevim L'am Yisrael, who gives tremendous kindness to his nation. And this kindness is the kindness that we wake up every morning. And he mentions here L'am Yisrael to his nation, because here we're talking about the whole theme of this blessing is, we're talking about the ultimate awakening, the ultimate meaning of being awake. 
not just physically being awake, so we can waste another day, have another empty and meaningless day, but a day that's truly awake, when we're spiritually awake, a day that we're awake with Torah and mitzvot, a day that's filled with Torah and mitzvot, that's the kindness that Hashem did for the Jewish people, that He also gave us that other awakening. We've tasted what it means to truly see, to truly be awake, to truly experience and live the truth and live that every day, all day, and throughout the day. Others say chasadim toivim means, because there's a type of kindness where the kindness takes away, diminishes from our ultimate reward. Like Yaakov Avinu says, I'm afraid that as a result of all the kindness that Hashem did for me, it ate away at my merits. So we're asking Hashem for the type of kindness that a good kindness, kindness, it's not like a reward for my merits, so now... I no longer have any merits. The Shalah Kaddish says that the reason why we ask and pray in this prayer to save me from the evil inclination because the Talmud says the greater a person is, the greater is evil inclination. So precisely, the person who has already accustomed himself to studying Torah every day and he's cleaving to the mitzvot and he has no chait and no aveda and no oven, he has no sin. That's the person. Now you have to start praying to Hashem and says, please Hashem, save me from the Yetzirah. Because the greater the person is, the greater the Yetzirah. Because the greater the energy, that's where the Yetzirah comes, that's where the Yetzirah wants to come and nash and nourish himself from that energy. So the greater a person is, the greater his downfall. The greater the potential, the greater... The, the negative energy, that's where the negative energy is attracted. That's why man has an evil inclination. Only man, not animals, not angels, because man is greater, superior to angels. Because we have such greatness within us, that's why we attract all the negativity. Where do the bees come to? The bees are attracted to the honey. Wherever the honey is, that's where the bees go to. Fort Knox, Knox attracts all the robbers and the bandits and the thieves. You know, the cybercrime, they go after where the money is. They don't, they don't come, they don't, they're not coming looking for us. They're looking, they're, looking where the, where the, they're looking where the money is, where the treasures are. That's where they're attracted to. So all the negative energy only goes, so, oh, there's a billionaire here. Let me start attacking it. Now, I, this is the treasure that I want. So they go after the person, the perfect person. Now that the person is perfect, now you have to worry. Now you have to ask Hashem for special help. Hashem, please help me, save me from the Yitzhara, because now I have a new challenge. Now that I've reached greatness, now the Yetzirah is really coming after me. With all its, all its ammunition, now I need extra special help from Hashem. Hashem, please help me and protect me from the Yetzirah. And we ask Hashem, He should do gemilas chesed. Gemilas chesed means an abundance of kindness. And even if we don't deserve the kindness, we're asking Hashem to do His kindness. The question remains, he starts out in the singular, He's saying it's one blessing. The opening of the blessing is, thank you, Hashem, for removing sleep from my eyes. And the conclusion is, thank you for your kindness. They wake us up every day. And so the beginning of the blessing is in the singular. Just like the, all the other previous blessings. You remove sleep from my eyes. You remove drowsiness from my eyelids. And then, the same blessing, you continue, and it should be your will that you should accustom us to study Torah. 
you should cleave us to do your mitzvah. Everything is in the plural. So the reason why we're praying in the plural is because the Talmud says almost all of our prayers are in the plural. The Talmud says that a person should always play in the plural. Include yourself in the community. Because then you're going to have the help of the community, the merit of the community. And also you're asking Hashem, you're praying to Hashem, not only for yourself, you're also praying for your friend. You're not the only one who needs help. And it says if you pray for your friend, Hashem will answer you first. Hashem sees that you love your friend and you care for your friend, you're not just praying for your own needs. But while you're acutely aware of your own needs, you're also aware of your friend's needs and many other people who have the same needs as you have. And you're already davening for Hashem, you're davening for them as well. Hashem is more likely to respond to your individual prayer. So it's a better way to pray for yourself. So that's why whenever we pray, we include ourselves in the plural. Like the Shemoneser, we say, heal us. You don't say, heal me. Heal us. I'm not the only one who's sick. Heal all of us. Me included, but heal all of us. So when you're praying, all these powerful prayers, even though it's, it's mostly a spiritual, all of these is mostly a spiritual prayer. In the next prayer, we're going to come to a more physical prayer. But here we're asking Hashem, connect the Torah, connect the mitzvot, save us from the Yetzirah, from sin, from the Yetzirah, make sure we associate with good friends, we should connect to that positive energy of the Yetzirah, um, subjugate the evil inclination, give us chen and chesed and rachamim. These are all spiritual things. But when we're praying to Hashem, we're also praying not only for ourselves, we're praying for the whole Jewish people, for all of our friends and neighbors, for everyone else who needs it. So that's why we say it in the plural. But the reason we start the blessing in the singular is because this is an expression we find in Tehillim. And there it's said in the singular. So you're waking up in the morning, you're, you're blessing Hashem for waking you in the morning. It's like almost a quote from Tehillim. That, so he says it in the singular. But you know, also we come in this world, you know, we're born alone and we die alone. Every morning, it's like a personal birth. We wake up. It's like a brand new world, a brand new day. It's the birth, our birth. It's our Rosh Hashanah. It's a brand new day. So we come in this world alone. And we die alone. When we face, after 120 years, we face the court. We don't come with anyone. We come ourselves. We face ourselves. We have to face ourselves. You can't hide behind anyone. Every one of us stands alone before the king of kings, before the heavenly court. And you can't hide. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. We stand. We are responsible for our own actions. You can't blame your mother. You can't blame your father. Everyone is responsible for himself, for his own behavior, 24-7. So when you're waking up in the morning, it's very personal. It's your birth. So you have to stand in front of Hashem as an individual. You're thanking Hashem for removing the sleep from my eyes. So I wake up, I'm fully awake. Now that I'm fully awake, and I'm praying to Hashem that He should help me, that I should truly be awake, not just in the physical sense, but in the true sense of the word awake. Be awoke, awake, spiritually awoken. Spiritually awake. And there I'm asking Hashem and I'm pleading with Hashem and I'm praying, this is a prayer, I'm asking for Hashem. I'm not the only one who needs this. 
my friend needs it, my neighbor needs it, my other family members need it, everyone needs this prayer, everyone needs this help, Hashem's help. So I'm praying in the plural, Hashem help us. Just like the whole Shemun is said in the plural, we daven in the plural. So the blessing of praise, you're blessing Hashem because you're individual. You're waking up, you're washing your hands, you're standing up, you're opening your eyes. It's very personal, it's very individual. You have to thank Hashem for your personal life. That's what you're experiencing. From my experience, I know Hashem, from my own personal experience. So I'm appreciative of what's happening to me personally. I'm opening my eyes. I'm standing, I'm, I'm straightening myself up. I'm standing up, I'm walking on the ground. I'm washing my face. I'm fully awake. So that's personal. That's my personal experience. So the prayer starts out with personal. You're blessing Hashem for the person. But then, when you get into the details, it's not enough now that I'm awake and I appreciate that I'm awake. Now I need Hashem's help to make sure that I continue to be awake in the truest sense of the word, what it means to be awake. Spiritually, here... I ask Hashem for all of us. Accustom us for your Torah. Cleave us to your mitzvah, etc. And then we thank Hashem for bestowing this kindness, this true state of awakefulness to this people Israel. While everyone else is sleepwalking, we are awake. What's the first thing a Jew does in the morning? We wake up. Judaism is there to wake us up. This is our alarm clock. This is Torah and mitzvah. It wakes us up to reality, to live in the moment, to live every moment, to make every moment into eternal moment, to realize that every moment is connected to our previous moments, to our future moments. Every moment should be eternal, should be real. This is only through Torah and mitzvah. Not living for the moment. That's the option that's given to us. So we pray to Hashem, please save us from this lifestyle of living for the moment. Nothing matters, just your momentary pleasure, living for the moment, reducing life to the cheapest, to the most meaninglessness, to absolute meaninglessness, no connection, no past, no future, no history, no destiny. All that matters is indulge and live for the moment. And that's the philosophy, psychology 101 today. No struggle, no conflict. Just reduce everything to the lowest common denominator, to the cheapest common denominator. We're just an animal and just be the animal and celebrate your, your a- animality. And we have a whole different philosophy. We have a whole different approach to life. And we thank Hashem for waking us up to that truth. We have the exact opposite life. Being awake means being awake and living every moment, and every moment is eternal, and everything that we do matters, and every action of ours matters, and every thought of ours matters, everything that we say matters 24-7. Life is meaningful, life is real, life is connected. So we thank Hashem for bestowing on us the ultimate kindness of waking us up, connecting us to reality, to truth, to His reality, which is the ultimate, absolute, and only reality and only truth. Now, after the Shmanesere, the Talmud says that the rabbis would say an individual prayer. We say, that was authored by Mar Baravina. But many rabbis had their own prayer. Rebbe, Rabbi Narkaz, the author of the Mishnah, had his prayer that he would say at the end of Shemun which is the prayer on page 8. So just like we just said 18 blessings, we said the 18 blessings correspond to the Shemun so after the end of the 18 blessings, we also want to conclude with a personal prayer. 
Because the whole purpose of prayer ultimately, in the first thousand years of Jewish history, till the rabbis of the great assembly, and from Avram Avinu, prayer was essentially an individual thing. There was no communal prayer. There was no minion. There was no shul. There was no communal prayer. Prayer was an individual thing. Every Jew prayed. And that's the ideal way to pray. It's your connection to Hashem in your own words. It's not a formula. But the rabbis of the great assembly had no choice and they institutionalized prayer. But nevertheless, the rabbis, each one, wanted to pray in their own words. So the rabbis came up with a prayer after Shemoneser, they said their own words. Okay, after this institutionalized, regimented prayer, now we want to pray to Hashem in our own words. And that's ideal. That's beautiful. That's the whole purpose of prayer, ultimately. And that's the prayer we say, at the end of the Shemoneser, we add that prayer, which is like our own prayer, our own words. Not from the rabbis of the great assembly. And it's not a blessing. It's just a prayer that we add in our own words. So to hear... At the end of this conclusion, of these 18 blessings, we, conclu- we say a personal prayer. But this prayer is mostly to do with saving us from wicked people who gossip, slander, who are fake and treacherous, who are filled with envy and hatred, and to save us from accidents and sickness. That's the second prayer. But we'll, we'll go into that next week and then we'll also discuss a little more in depth the first prayer that we read and uh, we'll do that next week any questions comments thoughts what did you say when I said the, the last prayer Alekai Netzor Alekai Netzor is not really part of the Shemun it was a prayer at the end of every Shemun Esri at the end of Alekai Netzor after you finish the blessings the 18, 19 blessings after the, year, the first year of Ratzon, we say Lekai Netzor, which is a prayer added by the rabbis. They, they used to make their own prayer. They said their own prayer. So here too, we say at the end of this Shmon like we just finish all these blessings, we say Yehi Ratzon, which is like our personal prayer. This was authored, but this was Rebbe's prayer. Rebbe used to say this at the end of Shmon but we say it here at the end of the morning blessings. Yehi Ratzon Mofanach. Mm-hmm.